looks that there is a connection between uh, field activities, you know, harvesting hay, harvesting grain now, uh, and then we we still will have a, a corn harvest uh, quite soon. Uh, so it means that there is a risk that that. Um, the field is contaminated, the harvest is contaminated, the green feed could be contaminated easily. Hello, welcome to Meet the Expert, the podcast series on swine health management in practice brought to you by Beringer Ingelheim. My name is Peter Best. This episode of Meet the Expert continues our conversation with Dr. Thomas Trella, the veterinarian based at the Vienna Regional Center of Böhringer Ingelheim as technical manager in the swine sector for the region of Central and Eastern Europe. We're talking to Dr. Trella about practical aspects of African swine fever at farm level. In an earlier podcast, Dr. Trella, we spoke about risk factors for bringing in the ASF virus. It could be carried in by foxes and rodents, for example, but also by a large number of other possible vectors. Where do we start with our precautions to keep out the virus if we find ourselves operating in an ASF-positive environment? Uh, I think, first of all, the, the, the first barrier is is a solid fence which is which is going uh, around the, the farm area and the solid i mean it's also regulated in many countries by by uh, the veterinary regulation how high it should be it should be at least two meters high it should be half a meter deep in the ground uh, if you have a fence you have a gate in the fence you have to manage this gate a gate which is open day and night will not protect your farm from foxes which can jump from outside into the the farm area. So it means uh, you need the infrastructure, but it is also very important that the people uh, have to operate and to use this infrastructure in in the correct way. Um, I already mentioned that we have today very good possibility to control rodents and flies. We only must implement them correctly. One point which, which may be difficult to control are the birds. And, and we see the birds uh, which are coming uh, to the farm. Um, but at least I can, I can um, say that probably the risk of, of getting, getting the virus with the birds is, is, is rather limited. And, and uh, as far as I know, there was no evidence for this type of uh, carrier or fomite. Um, but nevertheless, again, if you keep the farm area clean, if you keep the, the whole farm area and the inside sectors also separated by, by proper and solid fences, then the, you are significantly reducing the risk of, of getting the virus to your pigs. Now, a good fence would keep wild boar out, of course, but uh, you've reminded me in our first conversation that the ASF virus is known to be carried and spread by populations of wild boar. And uh, the, if, in your story about the cleaner vehicles reminded us that these wild boars could be knocked down in the road and contaminate a vehicle. Um, believe also uh, that uh, the contamination of field crops is something that we should take into account. Absolutely, yes. So, so first of all, I think uh, we, we observe... Uh, 
quite uh, constantly the increasing number of outbreaks during the the, the summer period. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's actually now uh, the case in Poland where we have almost every day uh, a report about new outbreak um, in in areas which are mostly uh, populated by small farms, small pig farmers. And this, this looks that there is, it looks that there is a connection between uh, field activities, you know, harvesting hay, harvesting grain now. Uh, and then we, we still will have a, a corn harvest uh, quite soon. Uh, so it means that there is a risk that, that um, the field is contaminated, the harvest is contaminated, the green feed could be contaminated easily, uh, the straw could be contaminated easily. And, and again, we have, we have uh, already experienced with the situation that the dead boar uh, was, was um, the cadaver was just uh, on the field and, and the large tractor was just uh, passing through this cadaver, so crashing the bones, crashing the remainings of the body, contaminating uh, the, this, this machinery. And then a few hours later or, or um, a short time later, this, this, this truck or this tractor or harvester was parking in the middle of the court of the farm. Mm. Uh, so we have even picture of this. So, so it means there is a high risk. So keep away this machinery from 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 the area, which is uh, used, for instance, for communication um, by to, to entering the, the peak buildings. Yeah. Mm. But if the feed itself were to be the carrier, Doctor Trello, is there any way we have to make sure that the feed is biosecure? I think that's uh, that's also a very good question, and, and this, this is a very important question um, many people were dealing during the last two years. Uh, I, I think there is a great job done by American colleagues, um, a lot of research showing that, yes, uh, African swine fever virus could be um, carried by, by feet or feet components uh, under, let's say, real-life condition, even this virus can stay infectious for 40 days. Uh, so it means um, now there's a lot of work ongoing about how to mitigate the virus in feed, how to destroy uh, the virus which can be in feed effectively. So there are already some, some feed additives which, which seems to be quite effective. Uh, nevertheless, uh, I think the most and the first point is you have to know where the feed is coming from. So if you are using a, a grass in the backyards and you know that, that uh, the area around is, is frequented by, by infected wild boars, then you cannot use the, the green grass or you cannot use the straw um, or you have to, to store the straw for 90 days, so, so three months or even longer, to ensure that the virus is, is not infectious or, or that there is no virus anymore in this straw. Um, you have to know the source of your feed, which is, uh, of course, extremely difficult. Feed is a commodity uh, going around the world. And, and I, I think, especially the last two years, the, the, the American researchers did a great job to try to, to uh, look closer at this aspect. And, and yes, we have to, to consider feed as also as a possible risk. And we have to implement the proper steps, for instance, to adopt biosecurity procedures at the feed mills 
to the new situation because they are in the new situation and and there are cases that we found uh, a ASF virus in the feed mill in some countries. So the risk is real. Do you know if there's any particular type of feed other than the green feed you mentioned? Is there any particular type of feed considered a particular risk? I, I think, again, I, I have to refer to, to, to the work of, of American colleagues and Kansas State University group, Scott D, and, and they show, for instance, the soya bean as a feed component could be um, a kind of uh, milieu where, where the virus can stay easily infectious for, for a longer time. So, um, again, uh, we, we have to refer to, to, to the literature and, and actually a number of feed components or compounded feed uh, can be quite a good um, uh, environment for, for the virus and the virus can stay infectious for, for a longer time, for a few weeks. So mm. it means, again, biosecurity rules at the feed mill, know the supplier of your feed, uh, apply biosecurity rules for the feed storage, keep the feed beans closed, keep the birds away, keep the rodents away, keep the flies away, keep the people away <clears throat> if necessary, manage the feed trucks properly, keep them clean, be sure about even the routes um, the feed trucks are, are traveling to maybe even design the routes um, in the way to avoid uh, hot spots, for instance, areas where we know there's a lot of ASF among wild boars. So it's also a totally new challenge for the feed industry, I would say. Mm, sure. But when you mentioned the, the summertime <laughs> increase in, in outbreaks on pig farms, uh, you Make me think that you know a lot of people are out and about enjoying the countryside as visitors or as hunters, but also, of course, they could be the families of the farm workers and so on in, in rural areas uh, where wild boar are present. Uh, so all of these are risk factors I can recognise because of the wild boar. I'm more uh, less cer certain, rather, how one. Uh, reacts to that. If you've got a farm or you're a veterinary surgeon advising a farm, uh, what can you possibly do to stop people going on fields and then un un inadvertently bringing the virus back with them? Well, it's 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 a quite difficult question, and and, and I think um, it's it's quite complex. So first of all, l let's see. What, what's happened in Belgium. So the virus was uh, found in, in September uh, 2018 and, and, and basically now uh, the country is very close to get the ASF uh, free status again after very, very heavy fight uh, with, with the wild boars or with, with, with the infection within the wild boar population. And I think also we have to learn for from every case, from from every country, and and I think the the Belgium authorities, the Belgium uh, professional people, veterinarians, veterinary administration, local administration, they, they did a great job, and and they, they basically it looks that they, they are getting rid or, or got rid uh, of the virus, but there was also based on education. 
the, the, the people who are visiting the area for recreation, for trekking, for, for uh, walking through the forest, uh, the hunters, um, they, this is a group which is, which is very close to the virus, actually, being in the fields, uh, going for the hunting, being close to dead animals, having dead animals, shot animals in their hands. Okay, so they are, yeah. the, the, they, they are the first uh, who can get in physical contact with the infected boar. So they have to know how to handle the boars. And, and meanwhile, in, in all those countries, we have a very clear regulation. Uh, so the, the, the veterinary administration, the local administration um, is, is also responsible to create this regulation and, 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 and to, to follow up this regulation. I think we have already <clears throat> a lot of this information, but the people have to follow. I would say for the farm, what is important, if you are a hunter, then be very careful. So you have to be careful about absolutely changing the, the clothes, changing the equipment, don't bringing anything you are using for hunting to the farm. Yeah. Um, again, maybe your best friend uh, is invited to you, but if the, your best friend is a hunter, you have to be very clear with him. You are, you have to change everything. Uh, don't bring me a wild boar sausage to my farm as, as, as a gift for, for, for the party yeah, celebration. So we had all this situation in, in the real life. So, so really you have to limit number of visitors. You have to ask yourself, is this person really necessary to visit my farm or not? Can we handle this and this issue in the remote way? So Similar like vehicles, try to reduce the traffic of the people, traffic of the vehicles to the absolute necessarily minimum amount. Let me pause for a moment to remind everyone that more information on this conversation, like articles, publications and videos, can be found on the website purs.com. At this point, Dr. Trello, May I just take a moment to remind our listeners, we're in conversation with Dr. Thomas Treller of Beringer Ingelheim, based in Vienna, about practical measures to protect a swine farm against the virus of African swine fever. Thank you, as always, for joining us, and we appreciate your feedback. Dr. Treller, uh, you mentioned about dead pigs being left outside, as you said, um, and we know that ASF kills pigs. It probably means there'll be a necropsy of those animals to determine why they died. But there's also the questioning with them of the disposal of dead pigs. Are there significant risks of spreading the virus arising from how we dispose of the carcasses and then from how necropsies are carried out? Well, of course, there is a huge risk because we know that um, in blood, or in organs of infected pigs, there is a huge amount of virus. Yeah, so it means uh, any amount of blood uh, or, or tissues which are spread around, of course, they, they create a, a very high risk of infection. However, we have to follow, again, local regulations. In many countries, necropsy on the farm is not allowed anymore. So you have to transport these dead animals in the proper way, in, 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 in tightly closed containers uh, to, the, to the 
professional uh, site where the necropsy is done under veterinary supervision, um, having a proper infrastructure, including um, state of the art or, or necessary disposal possibilities. Yes, this is this is a big deal. So this is a big risk. Um, I would say also that um, first of all, on the farms, you have to ensure that all dead pigs or organs from those animals, uh, regardless ASF or not, they must be disposed uh, properly according to the local regulations. And you have to ensure, and this is a job for the farmer, uh, that this material is immediately, as soon as possible, uh, closed in, 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 in the tight containers and then in most of the countries, uh, we, the disposal is done outside the farm by, by rendering company, will be packed by, picked up by, by rendering company. In some countries, uh, there is a compostation or you have a incinerator so you can burn as a kind of oven, high temperature unit that, that you, can, you can burn dead pigs or, or the, the organs of the, from dead pigs. Uh, that, that's another point. So again, we have to, to, to follow strictly local regulations, but the, the, the point is we have to do everything to ensure that this material which may be highly infectious, which might contain a large amount of pathogen, uh, will be strictly controlled and will, we, we must ensure that this infection will be not spreading with this material. Okay. Um, but I'm going to give you the hypothetical situation that probably does occur. You're on a farm and you're working on a farm and you're not aware of any particular problem even in the area of the ASF, certainly not on this farm. And then there's a dead pig, and you hadn't seen that the pig was ill before you found that it was dead. And now I'm the manager, owner, operator of the farm, and I need to tell my workers what they must do if confronted by that dead pig. What is your advice? Because it yeah. seems to me here's a rich source of the virus, whatever they do is likely to be wrong if they touch it, if they move it or anything yeah. like that. So what do they do? So first of all, I must once more underline that uh, disposal or handling of dead animals is a part or should be a part of any biosecurity SOP. So it, it's not only for ASF, it, it's, it should be uh, a routine to, to have a uh, procedure to, to handle disposal of dead animals, storage of dead animals, disposal of dead animals. So the point is that whatever we have, we have ensure that any kind of uh, pathogens which might be present in this dead body or, or organs, for instance, like placentas from abortions, that they must be removed in the very quickly way, in the very proper way by specially trained people and store under proper condition. It means closed container in a specially dedicated and separated areas, all equipment for handling this or storage of this, this material must be disinfected and the people who are handling this this area they must be properly trained so it means if we are talking especially about isf so the next step after this proper handling 
transporting storage is of course you have to look um, you have to call your vet you have to seek advice from your vet the vet probably will come based on on the information you will get or you he will find on the farm he will make a decision about sampling or sending samples to the laboratory but nevertheless once more for me a very very important remove dead animals very quickly uh, keep them in the dedicated separated areas under absolutely 100% uh closure so so not open containers not dead animals in the front of buildings waiting to be removed on the next day this is absolutely no go mm, got you your, your answer you know makes me think i should ask you also about moving live pigs uh you know our biosecurity measures that what they need to specify exactly about how we move pigs when we market them and I'm thinking of contact with trucks and yeah. truck drivers, as you mentioned, but also there's that pig that manages to escape and run back into the farm. It seems to happen more often than not. Uh, what what can we be doing with such things? Yeah. And also the loading chute. When you talk about cleaning of lorries, I should have asked you about things like the loading yeah. chute. How, how do we clean that? Yeah, that, that, that's a good point, but uh, I still uh, must say something regarding uh, dead pigs um, when you started to talk about trucks. But we have also trucks, rendering trucks, which are picking up dead pigs. And, and this is also a very important point uh, when we are talking about biosecurity also um, in respect of African swine fever. So first of all, we need an infrastructure which enable uh, to load the rendering truck without entering um, the farm. So we need a special area where we can put our container with dead pigs or, or the organs of dead pigs in the way that the truck can load this uh, material without entering uh, our farm. So this is usually located in the most remote corner of the farm uh, with a special fences around and also special team handling this. This is a very, very important. Back to your question, Peter. Um, yes, so we, we mentioned that, that we have the logistic zone, we have the buffer zone, and this is also the zone which is um, area where the, the pig trucks are moving. And one of the principles I mentioned already before is to avoid direct contact of the slaughterhouse trucks, for instance, trucks which are picking market animals to slaughterhouse um, and, and uh, the, the pig buildings. So we are, we are using uh, the, the, the loading charts. So we are using this loading base. It means the areas which are very well separated by fences and gates from other sectors, um, which are operated by special teams which are which are not entering um, after the, the the loading procedure back the production zone and there are some points i think we we have to uh, always uh, follow up so first of all avoid the lorries or, or the pig trucks uh, to enter the inner production area this is absolutely no go use this loading shots um, avoid 
There's not only the truck, there's also a driver. Avoid any contact between the driver and the farm workers. The driver should stay inside the truck. And if there is a need uh, for, for operation, then we have to either use our people or we have to control every movement of the driver who is operating, for instance, um, the loading ramps of the truck. Mm-hmm. Another point which is very important when we are talking about the, the, the loading shoots, uh, pigs which enter the loading bay never go back to the farm. Absolutely no go. So, so once the pig was pushed or brought to the, to the loading area, they never go back. The area must be surrounded by fences. It must be clean to disinfect. And also your question was how to disinfect. Of course, you need everywhere a conc- concrete uh, floors, easy to clean easy to keep uh, clean and tidy. And the direction of cleaning must always be from inside to the outside. So you need a slope that all the liquid, uh, all the droppings are going outside the loading area, not flowing back to the, to the, to the loading area. And the last but not least is it's very important to have a special team or special persons who are really familiar with loading procedure and somebody who is also supervising the procedure. And, and here we, we shouldn't make any kind of exceptions. Thank you, Dr. Trella. I regret that we should end it there. I want to thank you very much for these highly practical observations and very helpful observations. I'm sure our listeners will find them uh, very valuable to them. Um, so thank you to you. Thank you to our listeners for joining us in this what uh, Meet the Expert podcast brought to you by Beringer Ingleheim. Uh, stay tuned. More podcasts are on the way. But for the moment, thank you and goodbye. We want to remind you that more information on this conversation, like articles, publications and videos, can be found on the website pers.com.